Hello, I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to The Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. With the decline in consumer demand for dairy produce due to the COVID crisis, it is time to take stock of the impacts on your income. And I spoke to two experts, expansion specialist Patrick Going and agri-advisor at Bank of Ireland, John Fitzgerald. First off, John gave insights into the bank's view on the ag economy. Firstly, to, to look at the supply side, uh, you know, uh, global agricultural commodity supplies, you know, they continue to rise, particularly on, on the milk side. Uh, if we look closer to, to home, say you look at the likes of, say, Germany, France, Holland, on average, they're up 2.6% on, on supply um, for the first quarter of, of 2020. And in Ireland, we're at plus 3.6%. So, you know, uh, milk supplies uh, are con- continue on, on an upward trend. I suppose if we look across the pond in, in the US, uh, in April, they were at plus 1.4%, despite, you know, headlines about milk being dumped there. Uh, while if we look to New Zealand, supply is expected to fall by 1%, which is, I suppose, a consequence of drought over the past over the past number of months. So I suppose, you know, that's on the supply side. If we look at, at demand, uh, the reality is that the large food service market, you know, has, for the most part, disappeared for the last three months. Uh, and the surge in, in, in retail demand has not been able to, to fully offset uh, the loss of demand from, from, from those food service channels, whether that be uh, in dairy commodities, uh, beef commodities, and, and so on. Um, look, of course, unlike other sectors, dairy processors have, a, have continued to manufacture product during lockdown. So the overhang in supply is expected uh, to affect prices uh, for a long time to come uh, as demand probably, you know, it'll be quarter four before we see any, you know, significant uh, recovery uh, on, on, on the demand side. So then looking at um, specific farm situations, Patrick, milk price has declined and that's reflective of milk checks in the last two to three months. Is there any other factors that you see across the dairy industry in Ireland that may possibly lead to lower incomes in family farms in Ireland in 2020? Thanks, Evan Louise. Yeah, look, on average, I suppose the milk price is back three cents a litre um, across most co-ops. Um, and when we look back to the early part of the year, the end of last year, it was looking very positive for this year. Um, but obviously, as John has said, the COVID-19 restrictions have impacted on all markets. An unusual thing that's happening this year uh, compared to other times when milk price may be low is there may be a loss of income to the household due to uh, someone off-farm not um, being able to work, um, which is a, may not have happened before. So the farm may have to carry more of the household costs than it did before. So there could be extra pressure on cash flow just from that point of view, uh, where there's a lot, uh, someone has lost their jobs. As we stand at the moment, there's a, we're having an impact in some parts of the country on drought as well, where um, feeding uh, co- uh, increased due to lack of grass growth. But mainly for so far, as, um, as we hit the middle part of the year, the, the lower milk price, which unfortunately has hit prior to the summer months and prior to the peak months, will have a significant impact on the year for, uh, as we as it pans out. And I guess, you know, in, in terms of the, the lower income we were looking at a situation and there were whispers of the 
lack of capacity of processors to process milk at peak, you know, looking at the potential of a processing unit to close down as a result of COVID-19. That hasn't happened yet, Pat, and, and the processors are coping quite well. You know, do you expect them to continue in this vein, given that we're moving off peak slightly at this stage? Yeah, and a, a large credit has to go out to all the co-ops for the effort. Um, I suppose to, we have to understand that the, at peak in a normal year, the country has very little bit of capacity for processing. So normally we're running at 100% or as close to it as you can get. So with, with the lockdown and the threat of uh, COVID-19, there was potential that if a number of people on a shift um, or to contract COVID that they'd have to close the plant and then at that stage we would have issues processing all the milk. But in fairness to the co-ops they put in very good uh, protocols and they're able to manage it and every week that passes now we're coming off peak um, so we're starting to get a little bit of extra fat in the system so we, even if a plant was to go down now as we come off peak the the, other, the, the rest of the industry should be able to hold, um, carry the can on it. So uh, we've avoided that, which is great. Um, and it's ensured the farmers have to send all their milk in and not have to worry about uh, reducing milk supply through the peak months. And, um, you know, John, you mentioned it there that, you know, the likes of the US, they had a situation where farmers did have to dispose of milk and that, you know, that hasn't transpired on Irish dairy farms. Looking then, uh, uh, Patrick, you mentioned drought and, you know, there are certain farms in the situation where, you know, 50% or up to you know, 60, 70% of diet now is coming from supplementary feed. What sort of costs did we see, so additional costs did we see back in 2018 resulting from drought on farms? You know, these additional costs I'm referring to now are feed costs. Yeah, so for on average, it probably equated back to about a half tonne, um, between 150 and 200 euro, I suppose, to keep it simple, per cow. So that been 20, 25,000 across 100 cow Um farm uh, so that and the majority of that now came from increased feed costs there was a slight drop if we look back in 18 from 17 the milk price dropped a small bit from 17 to 18 but the main change was the lack of grass growth and the cost of um, importing all the extra feed now as we move into this year obviously milk price is back as we've already um, mentioned uh, so we have we have to manage through that we're probably not um, as bad as 2018 yet, um, it's it's more regionalised, uh, particularly in, in Leinster and southeast. Other parts of the country are growing quite well. Um, there was a good lot of fodder left over from the the winter this year, towards uh, 18 when it, it when the we, our reserve was gone and a lot of people were scrambling. The concern is that it's quite early this year, so um, we're probably a month ahead of where we were in 2018. But on, on the flip side of that, the, there's a lot of growing left to the season. So if the weather gets back to any normality, we should be able to bounce and carry over um, on it. But for some people, there's a significant, significant co increased cost um, on feeding their cows for at least the next month. And, and looking at that, John, so Patrick has documented, you know, various um, reductions in income and also potential increased costs across farm businesses. And realistically, that means there will be a shortfall in incomes across farms. And I suppose, you know, this isn't just restricted to dairy farms. It's it, You're looking at, at dry stock and tillage farms, you know, are in the same boat. For these farmers, you know, 
they're beginning to talk about, you know, the financial um, status of the firm and taking action um, on the status where, you know, it might be in a neutral or a negative zone. Um, in terms of having a conversation with the bank and, and where farmers are planning to do so, what exactly are you looking for, say, where a farmer wants to pro- approach you and have a discussion about their finances? Maybe just firstly to, to comment, you know, um, you know, our view is that efficient farmers will will manage through this crisis, whether that be COVID and potentially drought, uh, and that you know our experience tells us that they they will do this by managing costs a bit tighter, they drive productivity where it's possible to do so, and they postpone non-essential investment. So you know, where let's take a dairy farmer who was looking to invest on you know to increase the capacity of the milking parlour uh, because cow numbers have increased he or she may hold off now for, for maybe for 12 months to let this, you know, this whole COVID issue play out and to have a little bit more certainty uh, prior to making that investment. And we're certainly starting to see that. Um, just in relation to, to cash flow, and you know, to date, we haven't seen any material deterioration in cash flow on farms. Uh, that said, I suppose if this continues into quarter three and quarter four, uh, we're likely to, to, to see more of that. And I suppose where that, you know, where that starts to, to develop, there are a number of different options available to farmers uh, with Bank of Ireland. Um, you know, firstly, you can look at, a, at an overdraft facility um, or, you know, where there's an, an existing overdraft facility already in place. It may be a case of, of increasing that temporarily uh, to carry the business uh, through this period, excuse me, through this period. Um, Obviously, then, secondly, there, there's a payment break option, uh, which has been agreed by all the banks to provide a three-month capital and interest moratorium on payments. Um, so it's effectively the cessation of those payments for three months with the loan extended by three months uh, at the back end. At Bank of Ireland, then, we have a product called AgriFlex, um, which is a feature of all existing term loan facilities that we have out with farmers that allows uh, the business to apply for a period, an initial period of six months interest only uh, to carry them through a difficult period where cash flow is tight. That can be extended out to a full 12 months uh, with, with the loan extended by, by 12 months accordingly at the back end. Quite often what you'll see as well with, 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 with farmers is that you know, they, they like to invest uh, on the farm and use uh, surplus cash flow to fund capital investment uh, you know, whether that be uh, in shed extensions or slurry stores or whatever. And obviously, look, when commodity prices uh, rise or, you know, maybe, you know, you have an increase in cost um, that, you know, cash flow can get tight. And that situation, you know, we're more than happy to look at the, at the possibility of terming that capital investment out and replenish cash flow uh, to give the business that little bit of breathing space as well. Um, and, and just a final comment, um, you know, there's quite a, talk, a, a lot of talk out there at the moment that um, the SBCI future growth loan scheme is going to be relaunched as well, uh, with, you know, with, with increased capacity. Uh, so, look, that will certainly help uh, in terms of, of, of any future investments that, that farmers are looking to make. And Bank of Ireland will certainly be looking to make that available, we expect, at some stage later on in quarter three. Can you give us some more information on that, John, maybe more detail? 
there's limited uh, information available on it now, uh, uh, Emma Louise. Um, we understand it's going to be released released in tranches. There's a fund of, of 500 million, but the, the initial focus of it is going to be uh, on, on future investment on farm rather than retrofinancing uh, investment that's happened over the last uh, number of years. Um, but interestingly, the, the, the credit guarantee scheme uh, is also being extended and, and farmers should be eligible for that also. Um, and that would allow them uh, to, to finance out COVID-related uh, costs uh, that they may want to turn out over a couple of years. But again, look, the detail is still limited on that and we're awaiting uh, the, 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 the department to confirm uh, you know, the final details on it. And for a farmer who's wanting to meet up, John, or have a chat with you over the phone, what sort of figures or financial statements do you want to look at for a farm? You know, if you're looking through the options of extending an overdraft facility or providing a break in payments, um, whether it's, you know, across a three month up to a 12 month period. Okay, so look, typically the, 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 the type of information we, we look for is a completed application form. Uh, the most recent uh, three years farm accounts. Um, if it's if it's a dairy farm, we look at the the ICBF uh, co-op performance report. Uh, if it's a customer that's coming to us uh, that isn't doing business with us already, we look at, at current account statements and and term loan statements uh, as well. But you know, look um, for for in some cases we may even look for for a, a cash flow for the next twelve months just to try and get some sense of clarity. As regards, you know, if if you're giving, if they're taking an extra increase in an overdraft, uh, how that's going to be repaid out over the next oh, the next twelve months or so. And Patrick, looking to the cash flow, and you know, there are farmers um, listening in today, and I suppose there's a few things resonating with them in terms of things that are impacting on their income and and their current circumstances. Okay, they may not necessarily do a cash flow year to year. Can you give us some advice? Um, I, I suppose the basics of starting a cash flow. How do I start it, and and how do I put meat around um, the structure of a cash flow? Look, as we head into the, the June milk check landing and we're at the halfway point of the year, I think it's it's, it's a, a good opportunity for every farmer to sit down and just see where they are. Um, a number of things have changed since maybe what they were planning at the start of the year. So as John said, the farmers love to reinvest and continually move their business forward. And the main, what they budgeted for to come in and the milk checks or other money into the household may be gone now. Uh, costs may have increased. So it's no harm just to sit back uh, and get a snapshot of where your business is and it'll help you better plan for the, the remaining six months of the year. I think the to me, the trick with the cash flows is, look, there's, there's a lot of different tools to use it. There's a um, cash miner, there's a Chagas cost control planner. Uh, Chagas also have a five-minute cash flow, which is a very quick... Uh, template just to fill out or there's some people that just use a pen and paper and write it down to me the starting point is uh is first of all gather all your information um i think when you start to do a cash flow and you're running off to get a docket here and a docket there it sort of ruins the flow of it and makes it very hard for you to sit down and do it so gather your information i think you should um first thing i would get is obviously your bank account to see where your current account is currently you would also then get where all your uh, creditors are, maybe your merchant debt, maybe you owe the contractor, and write them all down just to get to see where you are um, today. So it's to get the financial position on the farm today. So it's the money you have and the money that you owe. 
And then as we move forward and you start projecting um, to uh, and what's going to come in over the next six months. So maybe looking back, as John said, on your ICVF core performance report, you have to see what type of milk volume you sent last year. And you start projecting forward um, with the help of the, the cash flow tools to see what in- income is going to come in the next six months or 12 months in, in, during the year. And as you go, then you obviously have to put in your expenses. And again, looking back with maybe your help of your accountant or your local advisor, you'll be able to um, look back and see um, what costs were uh, did you spend last year on the business. And what we're trying to get back to is when if you look onto a certain point in the future is to see what's the current account like and what's the, the, the cash or the equity position of the farm like. And if you see yourself running towards Christmas and you're, you're getting struggling to clear your bills, uh, maybe the overdraft is, looks like it's going to extend, now's the time to react because we still have six months of the year left um, on it. And the biggest thing I would say for anyone, and I'm sure John will agree, is if you feel you're going to get a little bit of bother with from a cash flow point of view, is move and react early because the time will give you a chance to rectify it. They've taken, uh, and, and it does take time to go through the process with the banks as well. And if we move on and we don't want to end about it, and maybe then we decide to over the summer months do some cap, capital expenditure, whether it be upgrading the water system or maybe adding on a few cubicles, tends to come out cash flow. And then we find ourselves that we're further behind at the back end of the year and we're into a bit of a scramble. So it's better to plan these things out, give yourself time. And if you think you're a bit shy, um, react fast and at, uh, on it. I think within reacting fast, what well, the first thing I would do is capital expenditure, our cash flow. I would suspend that if you thought you're going to be tight. We'd look at all costs in the business. They're non-essential. Like you have to feed your cow and you have to keep the system running, but non-essential costs have to be pulled out of it. Like, so in a normal year, if our grass starts growing back right and we have adequate amount of quality grass, we can look at the feed budget. We, we, we can look at other things then uh, within the system and we, we also have to look at other animals like passenger cows, other animals that we may be able to sell. Yeah, and if I could, if I could add in there as well, Patrick, just, just on that, like I would fully agree, um, you know, if, if someone is out there is like anticipating that cash was going to get tight, be proactive, you know, get yourself on the front foot, come talk to the bank. I think you'll, you know, you'll be you'll be pushing an open door in terms of that conversation. And ultimately, we want to try and understand uh, and to try and help out uh, where you know and 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 get around the issue. Um, you know, if it just becomes a problem, uh, you know, when when it gets too late and and you know there can be you you, can, you know the current account can be under a lot of pressure. Direct debits uh, can can stop going through and so on. And and look. Nobody, you know, nobody wants to be in that situation. I think you should come uh, proactively talk to the bank. And, you know, the other, the other comments I'd make there, in addition to what Patrick was saying, is that, you know, if you are looking at capital investment and, you know, you're in the past, you've always tried to do that out of cash flow. There's nothing wrong with looking to borrow that out over a 5, 10, 15 year period rather than trying to put, you know, yourself under undue pressure trying to fund it out of cash flow. Um, and and you know it it puts a structured repayment uh, plan in place uh, that that you know uh, that should be you know possible to to, to service it out over a, a period of time. For some people, it's another tax position early as well because last year would have been a relatively good year. We're off off two or three relatively good years as well for people that were income averaging and might be no harm just to 
if particularly for people who are not in companies to know your tax position um, early um, because it could be a, a bill that you may not realize coming into the back end of the year. I think the advice you've given us, Patrick, is quite good um, in terms of to establish where we are in terms of our financial position. You know, in, t- in some ways, the cash flow budget seems daunting, but it's very basic. So if you're looking into the next six months, as you say, refer back to your production from last year, it should be quite similar. And I think as well, in terms of the costs, the costs of your silage, your fertilizer, they don't change much from year to year. So th- there's a good indication of what your costs will be for 2020 if you refer back to the accounts uh, from 2019. Yeah, look, uh, you're 100% right. Most, um, when we look at profit monitor data, the costs of keeping the animal from year to year outside the likes of 2018 when there was a drought um, are relatively static. Um, and when we look at other figures um, uh, from um, discussion groups looking at figures um, around cash flow figures and uh, break-even analysis of the farms, like it, a lot of the, the where the money goes, is not it, it, sometimes... It can be for the ones that we, we've John and I have highlighted. It's maybe the money into the house, the tax, the cap, the paying down um, loans fairly fast, um, putting pressure on the cash flow of the business, and also taking a large chunk of money out annually for uh, uh, capital reinvestment on the farm. And I'd be 100% agreeing with John. Um, terming that money out and giving the farm a bit of a chance is, is the way forward. And potentially for all farmers, I think what we want to try and get is not to be moving to do cash flow budgets just in a bad year. I think what we need to do is get the discipline of having some sort of system around analyzing your cash every year, uh, best practice to leave the farm in a better position going forward and better be able to plan the farm as, as we look into the future. And, and, and to pick up on some other points that you have, Patrick, in terms of, you know, looking at those non-essential or non-productive costs out of the business, you know, at the moment, um, inputting supplement is essential for some farms. But, you know, where the rain comes and please God, it will soon, um, you know, and grass growth recovers, you know, there may be a position where you can reduce supplement to lower levels or totally eliminate it out of the system. And your second point, then looking at passenger cows, OK, and where we have access to the ICBF, we can look at the cow index and we can look at the least profitable cows we have. Um, I think particularly after we we scan in um July, August, we can take some action in terms of empty cows and also then looking at cows that are, you know, consistently giving us problems in, in the form of lameness or or cell count. Um, moving on then and, and picking up on a point, John, that you've been talking about, you know, during the during this conversation in terms of capital in investment um, and, and capex, as, as some people like to call it. But, you know, you're talking about farmers are going to postpone um, some, I suppose, capital projects that they're doing on farms this year because, you know, the financials and the cash in and out of the business, you know, isn't supporting um, the plan. Going forward and based on the, I suppose, the several issues that are impacting on cash flow um, in 2020, is there going to be a difference in the way uh, banks are viewing uh, farm businesses in terms of their ability to service debt? Like, or is it going to be the, the similar structure of presenting a business plan and some of the relevant information like the ICBF co-op performance? Or is it going to be more stringent? Um. No, I, I, I think 
the way we, we look at it won't fundamentally change, um, Louise. I mean, look, the first thing we look for uh, when, when we're looking to, to lend money to a farmer is the last three-year set of accounts. We don't take any one year in isolation. If you take a year like 2017, which was an exceptionally good year, you then obviously run the risk of, of, of overlending in that scenario. And, you know, the opposite applies in the 2018, then where costs were exceptionally high. So what we try to do is take an average view uh, over a three-year period. And, and, and that will give us a reasonably accurate uh, view of, of the capacity of the business to take on the debt level that's proposed. And, you know, and I, I, I think an important point to make here um, is that, you know, we're in a period now where, you know, mill prices are in a downward trajectory or hopefully they've, they've leveled off. But, you know, um, confidence is, is, a, is a little bit lower than what it was 12 months ago. But, you know, if, if, if someone out there is looking to invest in land or looking to invest in infrastructure, well, in borrowing money from the bank, they're, they're looking for the bank to take a 15 or 20 year view of their business. Uh, because that's the, how long the loan is going to be it's going to be there for, and, and like I would say that you know, but then that farmer needs to take a you know a fifteen or twenty year view of their own business as well. And that while while sentiment and short term sentiment is is negative around commodity prices at the moment, you know I think over time uh, we're comfortable that you know the vast majority of farmers can take on a reasonable level of debt and that prices will be. You know, will be will will be similar to the average over the last three years. And um, like, if you were to look at milk price, you know, over the last, the last three to five years, you're probably going to come in, come in at somewhere around 33, 34 cents a litre, uh, which is, you know, that's a level that I think both the farmer and the bank will be comfortable at. And I, I suppose to sum up, guys, I think we've gotten a good indication and a good picture in terms of what's happening on farms on the ground, but also a more global picture of what's happening in Ireland. And I'm taking some positives from this um, this conversation, particularly what you're saying, John, in terms of there's, you know, no material evidence of deterioration in cash flow in people's bank accounts um, in the first quarter of 2020. Um, you know, and I think, Patrick, um, you've given us a really good starting point for starting that cash flow. And as you say, there's lots of different programs that people can use, um, you know, to get started. Just to finish, can we get one top tip from both of you in terms of how farmers could, um, you know, arm themselves to cope financially in 2020? We might start with you, Pat. So I think we should take the opportunity as we're at the halfway stage of the year to sit down, check where we are, um, I agree with John, and I think for most people, they will manage through uh, 2020 uh, without any major issue. But some people may come under a bit of pressure, and it's no time to know in advance. Um, and it's good practice just to see where your business is and the strength of your business at any t- time of the year. So just take the opportunity as the silage season is over and as breeding winds down to um, assess your, the financial strength of your business and then react on the results. I suppose that's the big area where a lot of people Sometimes we do a lot of budgets and there's very little action. But if there's something that's worrying you, seek advice. Yeah, I'd say for, for anyone out there looking to invest in infrastructure or land, uh, don't, be in, don't be afraid to involve the bank in the discussion. Uh, heretofore, uh, you, know, that any, you know, that particular farmer may have tried to fund that from cash flow. That can, uh, I suppose, expose the business when commodity prices are down. 
I think if if you if you allow the bank to play a role, uh, you can certainly invest uh, some of your own funds into it, but also use bank funding uh, to offset the risk on your business out over a longer period of time. And I think as well, you know, people are here to help the likes of Patrick um, within Chagas and, and also your local advisor is, is more than willing to help. There are a lot of resources on the Chagas website. And I think, you know, yourself in particular, Patrick, you have put a lot of, of work into it in the form of videos and technical notes, uh, uh, you know, along with the, the broader dairy team in Chagas. And as you say, John, as well, although there's restrictions in place, the, the banks are open for business and they're willing to help farmers. Thank you, John and Patrick. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to Patrick Going and John Fitzgerald for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.